Hey everyone, welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. This week I got to chat with actor Galen Howard. Galen is most well known for things like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Book of Boba Fett, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but he's also a huge horror fan. We talked about how he got into horror late in life, why he loves anthology horror the most, and how it serves as catharsis for him now. He also told me what it was like to be in horror movies. One last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people to find us. I think that's it, so let's get into my conversation with Galen Howard. I'm joined this week by actor Galen Howard. He is most well-known for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Book of Boba Fett, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We connected on Instagram, and I'm super excited to chat. So let's bring Galen on. Hey, Galen, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for being here. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself, where you're from, et cetera? Yeah, sure. I can do all of that. Yeah, I'm um, um, an, an, an actor in Los Angeles. I'm uh, from the the, the NorCal region originally. I've been down here about uh, a little over 10 years. And yeah, I've uh, you know, I started out in theater and, and independent film and I've done a lot of, you know, as you said, you know, a handful of, you know, television film, film projects down here. And I've done, you know, a handful of, a handful of horror films over the years as well. And that's kind of how I got, you know, kind of my my appreciation and, uh, you know, and interest in horror kind of, you know, it, it kind of grew out of that a little premature, you know, kind of a little, you know, kind of delayed kind of love affair with horror. And yeah, so I have a, you know, a lot of, a lot of affection for, for the genre and all of its, uh, and all its subgenres. Awesome. So first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh boy. There's, um, there, there's, there's, uh, yeah, there's some, uh, there, there's so many. I mean, I think the one that the first scary, the first scary movie that I really had a had a strong affection for was. I think it still holds up to this day. Is American Werewolf in London? Nice. I saw that yeah. for the first time a couple of years ago. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So I know you just said you were sort of a late bloomer into horror. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. How did you first fall in love with the horror genre? Well. A good friend of mine was for many years writing and working in horror, and I I worked on a number on a handful of films with him, and so he was very much at that time, you know, seeing seeing all the horror movies, staying very up to date with everything that came out, and then and, and uh, you know re exploring a lot of older films. So he was so you know from working with him in the genre and discussing a lot of a lot of those films, and then you know we would. We would go to a lot of those films together, and I have a, I'm a bit of a scaredy cat. I have a fairly low tolerance for, you know, high tension scenes, so he would sometimes, he would sometimes take me to horror films just to see my reaction to them, and just to see me kind of, you know, put my hands over my eyes, or, you know, or kind of roll up into a ball in the, in the, in the movie seat. So yeah, so it kind of, it kind of grew out of that. What a good friend. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) So why do you think people who seem perfectly same love the horror genre? Because I think it's, and I'm, I'm sure I'm, uh, I can't be the, you know, the, the, you know, the, you know, in the minority people who said this, but it's like, I think there is a, 
there is a sort of catharsis that happens in by watching horror by you know by by engaging in horror i think by touching touching on things that are that that are dark you know that you know that have that, you know by by kind of you know by kind of you know exploring that kind of darkness you know outside you know in an outside element you kind of there is that kind of catharsis you kind of exorcise those that that kind of darkness it allows it to, you kind of take it take that darkness and like put it somewhere where you can look at it and you know so i think there is a there is something kind of subversively therapeutic about about horror in that way and you know and again it's you know you you just yeah you kind of you 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 take those you you kind of you you kind of create a create a barrier between yourself and those things and you kind of you you kind of let it like, sit out there and do its thing yeah definitely i think that's a great answer what is your favorite subgenre in horror i really and there's a there's a number of them but i really i think the one i have the most affection for is the anthology horror genre okay cool. yeah I think there's just been so many cool things done with that. You know, everything from you know, Creep Show to the original uh, Amic, all the Amicus films, uh, the British Amicus films, even things like like Tales from the Hood and some of the other more some of the other films that have come out recently that you know that kind of explore that genre, like Southbound and you know Trick or Treat and XX and th- you know things like that. I, I love the, I love how how it kind of it kind of harkens back to the you know the you know storytelling roots you know there's usually there's so uh, in on you know, a lot of the originals it's often you know you know people gathering to tell stories and i think there's just there's something just so primal about that and they've you know there's there's a lot of you know wonderful kind of wraparounds and it is it just yeah it kind of really goes back to the to the you know the roots of storytelling which i think is really cool very cool. I have seen Trick or Treat. I think I watched it last year, but I think that's the only anthology horror I've seen. I think I tried. Oh watching, wow! I tried watching Scare Package, and I uh-huh. didn't really get into it. But yeah, that's not a yeah. That's it's it's not. I've yeah. I, I saw that one. It's not. It's certainly not the best of the genre, and probably not like a good intro to the to the genre. I think yeah. Well, you have a lot of great films ahead of you. The anything from the the British anthologies of the. 60s and 70s. I mean, Creep Show is a classic. So yeah, a lot of good ones in the genre. All right, cool. I'll have to check yeah. some of them out. Absolutely. <laughs> On the flip side, what's your least favorite subgenre in horror? Probably, probably like torture porn. Yeah. 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 Then, yeah I think that's. I, I think there there are some of there, there are some of those that do you know that have done some done some interesting things but yeah i think when when horror just gets nasty for its own sake i i don't i don't think it really you know serves the serves the genre and legacy well okay yeah definitely agree i definitely don't like torture porn either who are your favorite horror directors oh man i mean definitely i mean the the classics i love it, you know i mean you can't deny what wes craven has contributed to the genre and yeah, I think he's. Yeah, I mean, from his obvious, you know, obvious contributions to some of his, to some of his more, you know, more obscure titles like People Under the Stairs and things like that. I mean, his his work is just is, you know, kind of unparalleled at its heights. I love, uh, you know, yeah, John Carpenter, of course, George Romero, you know, all the greats, uh, you know, Argento. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't have any like super super obscure people, you know, you know. 
you know, to pull out of my hat, I, you know, I, I really just give my hats off to the stalwarts, the greats, you know. Yeah, definitely. An article had come out in 2020 during the pandemic that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case? Hmm. That's a good, that's, oh, I hadn't read that. That's, that's interesting. I think, and I would imagine both because I, you know, I think, I, I think a lot of horror movie fans are, who are fairly, you know, kind of, you know, a, a lot of people in horror are kind of, you know, there are a lot of introverts in the horror community. And, you know, so I think, I think that has a big part, a big part to do with it. I certainly, I definitely became, you know, it became much more, um, much more aware of my, of my introverted personality and tendencies in the, you know, in, in lockdown. And I think there's also a really, from what I've seen, there's also a really strong, you know, the online community in horror is really strong. And I mean, I think, you know, the way that people connect with each other in the horror community is, you know, is, it's really, it's really wonderful. So I think there's, a, I saw, you know, a lot of people really, you know, really connect with each other in that way, you know, during lockdown. So, you know, I think, you know, th that would be my thought on both on both those counts. Definitely. I definitely agree. I realized how good I was at being by myself during the mm -hmm. pandemic. I oh, like, same. I feel bad for people who like can't be by themselves or do anything by themselves. I was like, oh, that must have been rough for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly on the other, on the other extreme. I can, you know, I'm somebody who kind of has to, I have to kind of force myself out in public sometimes. <laughs> and then I'm usually, I'm usually okay, but I usually, it's, it, it, it requires more heavy lifting you know, than the people who just obsessively are, you know, always surrounding themselves with people like, you know, like water and air. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I can, I can go out and talk to people, but then I like coming back and being. I like, yes, I like that. I, I always need to strike the balance. Yeah. <laughs> so you have quite the extensive resume on IMDb yeah. and I didn't get a chance to look into every movie and TV show that you've been in, but what are the <laughs> sure. horror movies that you've been in? Can you tell me about them? Sure. Yeah. Some of the, um, yeah, the, the first that I was, uh, that I was part of, uh, that my friend was involved in was, uh, it was one of the, you know, kind of latter era found footage movies and the filmmaker that will probably, you know, it, you know, might chastise me for that because he doesn't necessarily consider it a found footage film, even though it definitely, it definitely, you know, it definitely t ticks a lot of those boxes, but it's called Children of Sorrow. And it's, you know, it takes a kind of, you know, kind of takes POV footage of a, you know, you know, like inside a, you know, it's kind of a, like a religious suicide cult, kind of like a, it's kind of like a blend of like Jonestown and Manson family. So, you know, you know, real uplifting stuff. And <laughs> yeah, and that was incredible, incredible experience. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's still, still available. It can, it came out from Lionsgate about, about eight years back. And yeah, just, you know, kind of, it, you know, it's kind of an immersive approach to, you know, kind of putting you in the middle of this, um, of this cult and kind of, it kind of explores all the ways that kind of people are indoctrinated and then how far that goes and kind of how, how far they take their devotion and kind of then what are the, you know, what are the motivations of the people behind it? It's, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Then, then I followed that up with another found footage movie for the, you know, called, called Real Evil, which was, which was a, a latter day uh, entry from Full Moon. And people know them for, you know, the Puppet Master series and, you know, and, you know, a lot, a lot of, you know, they're, they, they kind of, 
tout themselves on you know very kind of like kind of camp very campy creature features and so this is their one kind of found footage entry so i was in that and it was kind of it was basically like a like a take on like a like a grave encounters or you know that kind of thing yeah. and then i've done a couple of i've actually done a couple anthologies i did one uh, called american nightmares it was actually by rusty cundiff and darren scott who who did the tales from the hood and that was uh you know just uh you know really really fun kind of film they you know their brand is kind of you know kind of this social justice kind of social commentary horror so each kind of story had a you know had a was like taking on kind of everything from like you know religious televangelists to kind of the um you know kind of far-right extremists to just kind of everything in between and then i did a holiday horror anthology called um death sember and which was yeah you know, really fun kind of uh, taking kind of an an advent calendar of like 24 stories for each you know each day up until christmas and um and, and uh, you know i had you know it had a bunch you know bunch of great directors in it, throwing down like Rogero Diodato and Lucky McKee and then my pe- the piece I was in was kind of a an, an homage to the the, the giallo uh, murder mysteries of the 70s. Oh cool. That's yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. What yeah. is it like to film a horror movie? I know that it's probably not scary at all, but so Yeah, I mean I think you know the I mean my first my first introduction to horror was you know the you know the guy. The guy who directed *Children of Sorrow*, Jordan McClure, is you know was just one of the most was was one of the most the considerate, kind, and generous directors that I've worked with. And you know, I certainly worked with up to that point, and he still is still is on, still stands out as someone who just had so much care and compassion for his actors. And you know, and I think the. You you find that you know especially when when things go so you know the you know the films that go so to, so much to the extreme you know the directors then the, the ones the ones who really you know, the ones who continue working and really are are successful or the, you know you find that they they have so much compassion and respect for their actors and their willingness to go to those extremes and so you, know, you really feel you feel uh, you know. I think you you know it's so when you're when you're really going to these really dark places and doing you know you know a lot of things that are fairly you know shoots that are fairly strenuous that ask a lot of you both emotionally and often physically I mean there's there's really I think you know of course safety on all measures is so important and feeling feeling respected feeling feeling valued and feeling like yeah you're in a you're in a safe space to go to those vulnerable places and you know to kind of you know and to and to be in kind of physically taxing environments and so so yeah i mean in the you know in the most part yeah i mean it's very it's you know it's certain you know being working in horror can be you know exhausting and you know but also a lot of fun you know i mean i think you know the people that i like i've said before there's there's a real family in you know, a family environment in horror. There's a, you know, there's a lot of love in the horror community. And so, I mean, yeah, I've, I've made a lot of long lasting friendships, you know, from those movies. And yeah, I mean, the, you know, the experience has all has always been really positive. Awesome. Is there any kind of horror movie that you'd like to be in, in the future or any horror director that you'd like to work with? Oh yeah, I mean, there's so there, there's so many. I mean, I would love to do just a like a like a straight up creature feature. That would be that would be a lot of fun. I haven't had 
had a lot of opportunity to work with like kind of animatronics or like vi or like visual visual effects you know or heavy green screen kind of things or things like that so you know to, to be able to you know to work in something that goes to that kind of a stream would be would, would be awesome and you know I've, yeah there there are so many great directors doing exciting things right now i love what larry fessenden does in his kind of community at glass eye picks and the kind of you know, kind of stable directors that have kind of built up under him and then other, you know, protégés of his like Mickey Keating and Jess Wexler and things like that. Like they're, they're really great. I love the work they do. Yeah. And then just people doing, doing like really, just, you know, doing like really bold stuff, like, like Stephen Kostansky, who did the Psycho Gore Man and, you know, stuff, just like really wacky stuff like that. Awesome. What's your favorite creature feature? Oh boy. That's a good question. I, I mean, Gremlins is, you know, you really can't go, you really can't go wrong with that. I think that there, there's, there's going to be some, there's going to be some others. You give me, you give me 10 minutes. And I'll be like, oh my God, there, there's that one too. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Gremlins is the one that really started it off. I think, you know, you really, you, you can't, you can't go wrong with that. Definitely. Yeah. Since your first horror movie that you did was a cult horror movie. Have you seen any other cult horror movies? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, there was you know, you know, ours came around, out around the same time as Ty West the Sacrament, and so I saw, I've I've seen that one. You know, you know, I think you know, inevitably, you know, the two kind of got compared because they same came out around the same time. But I've, yeah, I've seen others like you know, The Invitation and things like that. I'm, yeah, I know there've been some there've been some others that have come out recently. But yeah, what others have come out since then? Samar. <laughs> Right. Oh, of course. Yes, wrong, of course. Yeah. Wrong Turn that came out. Oh, year. right. Yeah, I've heard that's really good. I really liked it. Oh, yes, of course. Of course. I'm brain farting. But yes, I know the I've seen, you know, the, the you know, the, both The Endless and uh, Midsummer are, 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 were, were quite good. I like both of those. The Lodge. Lodge, that's right. Yeah, I haven't seen The Lodge yet. I heard that's great. It's on Hulu, H right? Yeah. Or, oh, HBO. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it might be Hulu. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Hulu. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I, yeah, I will check that one out. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There's been such a growing um, interest in cults. I mean, even you know, just in the last, you know, just in the last several years, you know, I mean, it just it seems like it. There's it continue. There continues to be this interest and fascination in the in in cults, you know. And then with, uh, and for I mean, then first like with you know all the all the exposure of Scientology and yeah, and then the all the exposure of the Nexium cults and uh, the, the the Nexium cult and the those documentaries, all those exposés. Yeah, I mean, there's, it just kind of seems to be like a you know, kind of never-ending kind of you know trough of inspiration and creativity for people. Yeah, definitely. Would you would you consider QAnon a cult? Oh boy, yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there's so much there's so much frenzy around that. I mean, you know, I haven't done a lot of of investigation as far as like, you know, how they operate internally. I mean, certainly on the outside, like their extremist behavior, certainly, and the, you know, the kind of fervor they get people into is certainly has, has cult-like qualities for sure. I mean, the way that, the, you know, I mean, it's, it's tricky, like with the kind of the kind of brainwashing that's like that you see uh, that you see online and that sort of thing it's like kind of people there's there's these kind of like cult of personalities that's what i've become another term now is just like cult of personality where it's like you know 
everything there, there's all this information you know stemming around like from one source one person or one source and then everyone just kind of gets kind of sucked into that and kind of in that feedback loop but you know but it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily there isn't necessarily a like a cult infrastructure as far as like the indoctrination and then kind of the way that they kind of keep people you know kind of suck people into it kind of keep people into it it's you know it's yeah it's that's 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 hard to say i i think the jury's still out on whether or not it's a full-blown cult or not okay i mean what do you think i think i think it kind of is it might I mean, be- it definitely has a full cult like i mean it definitely it definitely behaves like a cult i think it's i mean i know there's like a there's almost like a checklist as far as those things but as far <laughs> as like yeah how they you know how a cult will indoctrinate people and how it you know like you see in like Nexium and other, and others, you know, they're how there's and in Scientology, you know, you, you kind of you get in, you can't get out, you know. And I don't necessarily see that, and it's hard to see if there's that necessarily that quality to it, you know. It's I think there's so much there's so much fervor and such that people just kind of get sucked into it and you know and and just kind of go along for the ride. But yeah, it's yeah, but, but yeah, it definitely behaves like a cult for sure. Yeah, definitely. I have to ask this whenever the invitation comes up. When would you have left during the party? Oh boy, that's a yeah. That's a that, that, that's a good that's a good question. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the I'm trying to remember the beats the specific beats of it. I, I would I would like to think like you know in the you know somewhere in the first act. I'm not yeah. How about how about you? I would not have gone. I would have told my boyfriend to, if he wants to go, he probably shouldn't, but go and then tell me if you need a ride. Cause does not, I don't think you should be going to see your ex-wife who has been out of the country for three years and is now back. And you don't, you don't yeah. know why she's having a party. Yeah, that, that's right. Cause yeah, th- those are the, those are the two, two outsiders. I think, yeah, that's a big, that's kind of a big red flag to begin with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of people, I, I, a lot I, of people. A lot of people say after they showed the video of the person dying, that that is when they would yeah. have out. Yeah, I think generally, like if, if an estranged if an if an estranged ex invites you uh, um, to their house out of nowhere, yeah, you, you maybe maybe think twice about that. Yeah, I think that should be like a rule for life. Somebody can put that on like a cross stitch. That'd be great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How do you decide what horror movie you want to watch when you're just hanging out and looking for something to watch? It, it, you know, it'll uh, it'll depend on my mood. You know, again, if it's you know, it'll depend uh, it'll depend on the genre. There's you know, it'll depend on what's kind of been on my list, high on my list. You know, I'll I'll usually kind of like you know gauge it. You know, on the 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 you know the kind of level of intensity and you know versus kind of what I'm you know versus kind of my mood at the time and you know if it's something that's that you know that's re- you know, really disturbing really tense you know uh, it, you know just a, it'll depend you know it kind of it will all kind of depend on my mood you know just kind of it, you know you kind of gauge the two and see see where it lines up nice are you planning on watching anything this weekend. Trying to think, I didn't have anything on my list as far as horror. I think I was, I started, I started watching the new VHS 94 on Shudder. I think I was, I 
there's a few others I've wanted to, there's a few others on Shudder I've wanted to see. I'm really, I've been meaning to watch Jacob's Wife. I heard, I've heard that, I've heard really good things about that. I, I usually, I, again, I'll usually, I'll do the, I'll do the browse and then usually kind of decide from there. And then like a lot of people, you know, I'll spend about, you know, half the evening browsing and then the other half, you know, watching the mo- the actual thing that I watch. Yeah, that's what a lot of people say they do, so. Yep. <laughs> uh, so you live in LA. Have you ever been to any haunted locations in LA or, you know, around that area? A little bit, uh, yeah, none of like the, cl- none of like the classic spots. I've certain, I'm, I've dri- uh, you know, driven by certain locations. I think on the first year I was there, I, I, I drove by the the Manson Murder House. There was, you know, the actually that uh, that full moon horror film um, I did was actually shot at a. Um, I'm I'm blanking on it, but it was shot in an old in an old hospital in East LA that was rumored to be haunted. And I think it's been torn down since then. I'm blanking on what that one was called. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of like the classic, you know you know, haunted locations, the, you know, the, the classic spots, but I, I, I need to for sure. <laughs> cool. Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? Yeah. Well, again, I won't, I, you know, there's, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's a few that I'm not, I'm not interested. I, I mean, there, there are definitely some that I, I, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of movies that I probably won't revisit again. I don't, and again, like it's usually things that are fairly, you know, the, you know, the really gruesome, you know, torturous stuff. I, again, I, a lot of like the torture porn stuff. I won't watch, I won't watch a Serbian film. I, I'm not going to watch the, the human centipede stuff or things, things like that. I'm just, yeah, that just, that just doesn't interest me. Probably. I, I don't really have any interest in, in seeing things like, you know, House of Thousand Corpses again, though I like, I do appreciate a lot of what Rob Zombie does, but yeah, like that's not something I need to see again, you know, that, that sort of thing. Anything, you know, again, just things like that that are, have, you know, that have that, that those put those kind of images in your head that you can't erase. Or there's, I think I saw the scene in like a, in like a clip anthology at a at one time, but like the, the there's that one um, that that one Lucio Fulci film, uh, like City of the Living Dead or something, where like a where like a a girl like pukes out all her intestines. Mm. Like I don't need to see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. So you know that that kind of thing. So I don't know if you've gotten back to going to movie theaters, but have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? Hmm, that's a good that's that's a good question. Let's see. What, trying to trying to think. I think I remember. It's I guess it's it's more of like a sci-fi thriller than like a than a horror. But there's that. What was that that movie? The the Richard Kelly movie, The Box. Is that what is that what it's called? The James Marsden and uh, Cameron Diaz. Oh yeah, the box. I remember seeing that in the theater. Yeah, I saw that at the ArcLight Theater, and I remember, and I remember David Spade was in the audience and had like an usher like guide him to his seat so everyone could see. Yeah, so that was funny. 
Yeah, even like it was like a fairly empty theater, but he like still had like the person guide him to the seat. <laughs> yeah, that was I thought was pretty amusing. And then I saw the what would it have been like the the, the 40th anniversary of, of Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the and um, which was great. I saw at the historical uh, Vista Theater here in Los Angeles, and there was a great talk with William Friedkin interviewing uh, Toby Hooper before he passed. That was really cool. Yeah, that was yeah that that was a that was a great experience. I'm trying to think, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen I've seen a few, I've gotten to you know gotten to see a few you know films and films in festival and that sort of thing. Those are you know the the horror festivals you know are are always a great time. You know that's that sort of thing. Yeah, that's those uh, you know th- those two immediately come to my mind though. Yeah, those are those are great picks. That's yeah. not fun. <laughs> what has been your favorite horror movie that you've seen in twenty twenty two so far? See what have, what have I what have I seen? That's a that's a good that's a good question. I'm trying to I'm trying to think what I've yeah what I've what I've even what what I've what I've even seen so far. I haven't seen a lot of a lot of horror movies this year. I'm trying to think. Did you see X? I haven't seen X yet. I really want to see X. I hear that's I, I I hear that's incredible. I'm really excited to see that. So you know. Hopefully that will be one of my picks. I hope to see that very soon. Yeah. All right. So you have some homework. I do. I absolutely do. So on the flip side, do you have a horror movie that you're most looking forward to seeing in the rest of 2022? Thank you. That's a that's a good question. That one. I'm, I'm trying to th- what's I'm trying to think what's coming what's coming out. Well, I'm I, I actually I am excited to see the the reboot uh, the kind of remake of Toxic Avenger. Oh, I didn't even know that. I did not even know that was coming out. Yeah, yeah, I think that's um, that. uh, Yeah, that's that's having a a, that's having like its like premiere soon. Yeah, so that that will be coming out. I think yeah, yeah, this year. So Uh that's yeah, that's pretty cool. That's I'm I'm excited. I'm definitely excited for that. And and I'm curious about Renfield only to see Nick Cage play Dracula. (laughs) I mean, that's I mean, how can you not? How can you, how can you not love that? I mean, yeah. that's, you know, if there's more perfect casting, I don't know it. <laughs> Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like, or do you have any hot takes in about horror movies? Let's see. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, there are some that I certainly, you know, that I certainly get excited about more than more than other people do. I think Class of 1984 is a massively underrated horror film. Okay. Kind of, it's more like, it's more like ex- exploitation. It's, I mean, yeah, it's more of like, you know, grisly drama, you know, like, you know, has some, some really gruesome, some really brutal kills in that movie. But I, I think, yeah, I think a film like that is, is really, is really interesting. What else? I have to say, I kind of prefer uh, Gremlins 2 over Gremlins 1. <laughs> I've heard that Gremlins uh, 2 is good. It's, it, yeah, I, I think it's a great sequel. I, I think it's brilliant because it was a sequel that for all accounts shouldn't have been made. And the, uh, and the, and the filmmakers kind of were aware of that going into it. And so they made something that was just kind of, you know, complete, complete and utter anarchy. And I think it's brilliant for that. Very cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think it was one that kind of yeah. It was. It, it is a very self-aware movie, which I very much appreciate. Awesome. I will have to 
I will have to finally watch it because I think when I bought Gremlins one on DVD, I think it came with the second one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that one. I, I'm also now that I'm thinking about sequels. I'm also a. I, I mean, I love I I love batshit crazy movies, so I have a, a definite affection for that for that kind of aesthetic. So I'm an unabashed fan of Halloween three. <laughs> I think that film is it's absolute insanity and it, it's stupid and nonsensical and insane, and I love it for all of those things. Awesome! I saw that for the first time this past October. So. Yeah, yeah, for for your for spooky season. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was very different from the other Halloweens that I Yes, it, it, yes, that, yeah, very, very much so, yes. I think, yeah, I think it's been removed enough from the franchise now for people that, that people can appreciate it as its own thing because, I mean, it has absolutely nothing to do with the, with, with the franchise and that was, and, you know, that was the whole point behind it. And I, it's kind of, it's kind of great for that reason. If you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? Oh, that's a good question. I've, yeah, I've, I've thought about this. Oh, yes. I think especially now in our current climate, I would love to see Maniac Cop be remade. I've never seen the original, but it's okay. crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy. Yeah, it was, it's, uh, yeah, it was a Larry Cohen script. Yeah, great. Yeah, wild film for sure. Definitely kind of a grindhouse kind of, you know, uh, crazed maniac movie it's uh, it's great yeah i think you know especially now with uh, you know with the with the whole uh, with the you know the the you know the current you know the current uprising against the police i think you know the current you know the current you know kind of you know exposure exposure of police corruption i think that film is ripe for a remake awesome now now i want it to be remade when you phrase it like that so yeah absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> My last question is, if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's a, oh, boy. That's a, yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe Grace Jones' character from Vamp. <laughs> okay. That could, that could be fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, for sure. I think you, you can. Yeah, you can find me. I'm on Twitter at underscore Galen underscore Howard underscore, and um, on Instagram, uh, much more simply at Galen Howard. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Yeah, th yeah. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Galen Howard, and thanks again to Galen for coming on. I'll leave links to his socials in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod or on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at Who's There PC at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and get vaccinated.